Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to You Know That episode. I'm Victoria. And I'm Trev. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 20 of Glee, titled Prom Queen, which aired on May 10th, 2011. <laughs> so this episode is the episode I chose for my, like, I hate it episode. But I didn't choose it because I, like, hate the songs or think that the episode is bad. I hated it because it gave me that feeling that I hate, which is secondhand mm. embarrassment. It's so cringy. It's so hard to watch. Because I was, like, not confused, but I was curious about your reasoning when you chose this episode because, like, this is an iconic episode of Glee, like, no no way around it. And not when I remember being bad, so I was like, oh, what is her reasoning? But I didn't want to ask you off, like, recording, because I was like, I know she has something good, and I 100% agree with you on that. I feel like there's one episode of The Office that is, like, revered by fans, but also hated by fans for this exact reason, that it's just so difficult to mm. watch that... It's like the comedy isn't even enough to like make you want to watch it sometimes. Like you have to force yourself through it. That's how I feel with this episode. And I don't like that feeling of secondhand embarrassment. So that's really why I, I chose that's it. A good but reason. like the episode of The Office that I'm thinking of is um, Scott's Tots. I know you haven't watched The Office, but for those Office listeners. Oh, I know about it though. Okay. I, that, like, that's one of those where it's like just for, by being on the internet, it's like cultural osmosis. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, I think there are episodes like that for, like, I have those episodes with a lot of TV shows where it's, like, it's not bad. I just, I have a hard time sitting through it. There's a couple Gilmore Girls episodes that are, like, really Rory heavy. Oh, yeah. That I have, that I get, cr- yeah. like, secondhand cringe from. Like, the episode where she fucks Dean and then Lorelai comes home. It's, I can't watch that Oh, scene. my God. It's so, yeah, it just feels like my skin is crawling. And why did it have to happen right after their kiss? Like, oh, oh my God. Lorelai and Luke kiss. It's such a perfect moment. And then we cut to Rory and Dean getting walked in on by Lorelai. Oh, my God. I just... Which is, like, a perfect, like, bait and switch because you think, like, oh, wow, this episode's really good. It's, like, doing really interesting things. Like, we're getting these moments that we've been waiting for this whole time. And then, boom, they hit you with some dumb (sighs) shit like that. And, like, keep it, like... Which, I will say, Grays does that. Grays will solve a problem and introduce three new ones in the same episode which is like classic soap opera thing so true and then in the l word we get like the most amazing romantic beautiful sex scenes and then they cut to like a scene with like character that you hate or some random guy that you hate and uh, just so so sobering it's like they do it on purpose yeah and i i think it's a i i think it's a good tactic because it makes me feel exactly how they want me to like i'm just so like why would you do that like we almost had it yeah and glee does that a lot glee does that a lot where it's like a a one-two punch almost yeah but all right well let's jump in we open on jacob ben israel i feel like it's the first time we've seen him so far in our rewatch yeah i think he might have been in the background here and there but this is the first time i think we really getting like like a spoken scene for from him i he's he's a perfect example of a part of a part of the show that makes me really just like he's so cringy so cringy so uncomfortable i hate him i like i don't find him funny there's something about him that makes me uncomfortable i don't know very uncomfortable i and i mean like that's i think it's just the actor doing a good job because the character is just so deplorable as like this like perez hilton-esque high schooler yeah but he's like 
even more pathetic. And yeah. then the whole part where he has that crazy crush on Rachel and steals her underwear. He's just, oh my a, God, he's, yeah, he's just such a creep character. But he did. He gets that puck. He gets that puck. He gets that puck, and I loved it. I love it. I love it. It's such a. He says, "Where does Lauren keep your balls?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's a perfect way to like set up this puck storyline in this episode, which like I don't care about at all. I didn't care about it when I watched it the first time. It's just like not interesting to me. Like your street cred, whatever. Because it's like mm-hmm. if Puck was to bully, he's so boring. He's so boring. And if Puck was to, like, really beat on any kid, it would be a kid like Jacob. So for him to not even defend himself when Jacob, like, really gets at him. Came for him. And came, comes for him. It's like, oh, yeah, Puck is not is a shell of his former self, mm-hmm. which I'm happy for. I'm happy with. I like it. I like it, too. So many good lines from the very first, like, yeah. a minute and 45 seconds in, we get, where does Lauren keep your balls? And then he says, I've been hit by a girl before. <laughs> and then we cut to Sue and um, Shu in the in scene Figgins with office. Uh, the principal. Yeah. yeah, Figgins' office. And she's like, Schuster is leaving the Glee Club for Broadway. I'm horny with grief. <laughs> and then she, what is it that I can't believe it's not butter spray for for his um yes. like head muff or something that she calls it or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Just oh so my many good gosh. lines, just like not even two minutes in. It was this was a really good Sue monologue about like all the songs that she doesn't want to hear them perform and how like the the punch always gets spiked and everything like that. It had me cackling. Me too. Can I? Share my truth here. Do you like Run, Joey, Run? No. Okay. It's not that. Okay. It's Jane Lynch looks hot in this scene. Yeah, I agree. I think Jane Lynch is generally hot in Glee. I don't like... Okay. Okay. So... Yeah, absolutely. All right, do you want to hear my second part of my statement? There of are two course. kinds of people. Would you or wouldn't you fuck Jane Lynch? I would absolutely fuck Jane Lynch. I know that strap is crazy. I think I definitely would. She yeah. seems to have that... She's... Like, el- that prowess. Yes. You know? Because it's like... Like, she's... Like, I feel... She's, she's like an older dyke. She's like, an older she dyke. She's has... beautiful. Like, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And, like, she just has that, like... I think she has, like, a smoldering... Like, yeah. she has, like, a There's really a sexiness sexy element. To her. And the, on her episodes of The L Word, she plays, like, this really dykey lawyer. Ugh, I love that. Yeah, who defends Tina during her, like, breakup with Bet, and they go through a custody battle, and she, like, falls in love with Tina. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. She has, like, a really... I don't know. There's something about I her, agree. But anyway, I'm in team. Yes, Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Yeah, she just has that like weight to her where I'm like, oh, this would be crazy. All right. Now that we've discussed that, we can move on to the, <laughs> <laughs> we can move on to the Glee Club scene. Um, and it's just funny how Rachel's like, let's do Run, Joey, Run. I was like, shut up, Rachel. It made me laugh so hard. I'm like, this bitch is dumb. Damn. Yeah, she's so dumb. Um, Quay, I have a question for you, though. What? I might have asked this to you before. I definitely have, because the prom has have come up a couple times in our, like, episode rewatches. Do people care about prom like this? Oh, my God. I think they care more now than they used to it's during my time. It's befuddling. No one... I don't think people cared like this when I was in school. Okay, because I had this question for you way later about whether or not you even went to prom. I did go to prom, but I did it the same way Rachel and Mercedes did. My best friend got asked... And I didn't, but I wanted to go with her. So she was like, let's just all three of us go. So she went with her date and I tagged Yeah, along. which sounds really nice. We had a really good time. Like, I didn't even dance with the dude, I don't think. I just <laughs> had a good time, like, going with my best friend and just being at, at the prom and, like, seeing my friends and just wearing a cute dress and stuff like that. But, like, I don't think I witnessed, like, major promposals or had, like, major yeah. prom drama. I think it was just literally... 
Let's go to the beach a few days before prom, get really tan, go get our nails done, and I wore my aunt's hand-me-down dress from the year she went. That sounds normal. Like, that sounds like a normal way to do prom. I personally did not go to prom. I thought I was, like, too cool for prom. And also, it's Mm -hmm. so expensive. It is really pricey to buy a dress you wear one time. It's like a wedding. Like, I, I am not someone who has fancy clothes. Like, I had a suit for a wedding when I was, like, 12, maybe, and never had anything like that as a teenager or now even. So it's like for me to, one, have a date, and I was out in high school, like all of my friends knew I was gay. So it's that was like no problem. Like, I think at one point, my friend and I were talking about going with each other. And then we were both like, what if we just hung out? Like, we'd have a better time if we just hung out at your house and like watched movies and ordered food or something. So I didn't yeah. go. I think that if I remember correctly, junior prom, like, like in Glee, like that was the big one. I went to senior prom. I didn't go to junior prom. Okay. I don't even know if my high school had that option. Yeah. Um, we did have like a junior semi, I guess okay. that could be sort of similar, like junior semi formal. Yeah. Like I ended up again, borrowing a dress from my aunt. <laughs> I, I never bought a dress. Yeah. I, I literally just so used expensive. to borrow stuff from my aunt. Yeah. And also like, and she was just had hers in her closet. She actually had two because she went to her high school's prom and then she bought a second one for her boyfriend's prom. I love and she that. Wore that. That's very cute. Her dress was bright red too. Her, her dress that she wore to her boyfriend's prom was bright red. Which is perfect and she, for you. It looked a lot like Santana's dress. I ended up wearing her first one, which was a yellow dress. Oh, that's also would look good on you. You look really good in yellow. Really? Yeah, I think so. Oh my God. Nobody's ever said that to me before. I feel like I don't wear yeah, it. Yeah, I think often. you look really good in yellow. Oh I don't think you wear it that often either, but. Anytime I've ever seen you in yellow, I think you look good in it. Thank you. Yeah. But like, yeah, junior prom was the big deal in my school. Seniors could go, but juniors and seniors were the only ones that were allowed unless you got asked and were someone's date. Like sophomores just couldn't go. But there were some people who were like a junior dating a sophomore, so they would go or whatever. And my junior year, there were definitely people who did like promposals because I think that was when it first started to like become a big thing online like on Instagram and Twitter and all that shit but I never saw many of them I saw one in the lunchroom and I was like this is lame you guys are corny and it was like my good friends who were doing it I'm like I cannot support this behavior you're a loser i honestly don't think i've witnessed a single promposal during my high school time you're lucky for that yeah and you're lucky um but either way yeah well I thought that was really sweet how Rachel ran out of the room to comfort Mercedes. And you know what I found myself wishing in this scene? I really wish they could have been full on besties, but it's just Rachel is too annoying for Mercedes for them to like ever have gotten that close. And I get that. I just think that their friendship could have resulted in some really good things for both people if they could have made it work. I think they would have been a really, really interesting match for each other and grounded each other in a way that they both kind of needed. Yeah. But I really love this scene and it's it's always nice to see Rachel being like a normal nice person and trying to like be a good friend like she's actively making the effort to comfort someone and she's not thinking about herself and how it will benefit her. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times especially early on like it's rare that we kind of get those Rachel scenes. Mm -hmm. She's starting to become a more supportive friend with time exactly and like we see that a lot with kurt this season so it's nice to see it with someone else like mercedes and then eventually like season three we get more of that with santana when they finally become like amicable and everything like that for a little while and we even see that with her and quinn in this episode in the bathroom like she's the drama she's still kind of being like nice to her which is not usually rachel's kind of thing Mm -hmm. i was thinking to myself a little bit in this scene too Rachel kind of looked like she was in love with Mercedes in the scene. Like, she looks so sad for her and just, like, so 
empathetic towards her. I was like, damn, she's like getting a little close. Like, wow. Okay. I think that's a Leah Michelle thing. Mm-hmm. Like she, any, like anytime she's having one of these scenes, she's, she's really lit. La- she lays it on thick. Mm-hmm. Like the, the intimacy almost and like the friendships and things like that. So it does kind of read as like a romance thing. I think a lot of the time. Yeah. I think we don't really pick that up with Kurt as much because like they're so like, obviously not interests for each other like as they're not options for each other where Rachel and Mercedes are more like it could be so I think it comes across a lot more and I think that's a reason that the February stuff is was so prevalent because people were like Leah Michelle acts Rachel as like so intimate all the time and so steadfast in her emotions even when she's wrong yeah so it's like it's earnest and she's like even when she's being crazy she's like she's there she's so passionate about what she's saying to the people that she's talking to yeah. Where it reads as like a romance or love or whatever. She has like a look on her face. Yeah. It's like, it's like this weird quality to her face of just like, yeah, I believe her. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we cut to uh, Kurt and Blaine in the restaurant at Breadsticks and poor Blaine. It made me so sad. But I have to say, it's so sweet how honest with Kurt he is about yeah. his feelings and trauma. I think this is a really important moment for, for me, at least watching this episode now as an adult, but I'm sure I felt this in high school too, to see like a relationship where two people people can really trust each other and tell each other the things that are hard and be like, I'm having a hard time saying yes to this and here's why and here's why I have this boundary. Like, I'll do it, but I want you to be trauma-informed. Exactly. And especially, like, as teenagers and as teenage boys being so... And this just goes back to, like, queer kids having to grow up faster than everybody else because, like, they do have to be so emotionally Mm. mature to, like, process everything. But regardless, it's like these are two teenage boys having a really frank, honest discussion that most adults aren't capable of having. And it is nice to see, especially for a queer couple, because like it's it's healthy. It's not two people cheating on each other. It's an example of a healthy queer relationship and Kurt respecting those boundaries, even if he is obviously like a little upset by it. He's still like, oh, well, we don't have to go if you don't want to. Like, we could just watch a movie or something. Like, it doesn't matter. But then, of course, when Blaine does say, like, no, we should go, he's, like, excited, which is normal because he's a teenage boy. But it does make me happy. Yeah, he just wanted Kurt to be trauma-informed. Like, please understand that, like, you know, I could change my mind. I could get upset. Like, you know, I was beat up. It's really, again, this is part of the reason I chose this episode. It's so hard to hear a story about anything. a queer kid. Yeah getting abused like it makes my heart it's hard to watch it's true in real life yeah this isn't just a fiction like you listen to it and you're like shit like you know this could be based on anybody any queer kid in america exactly and i think that's it's such a it's such a good scene for them to have yeah and they could have done this type of like thing like i don't know like it just wouldn't have worked with anybody else it's so nice that it's blaine because he is he's vulnerable but he's always seen as the strong one in the two of them he's like the guiding hand so for him to have this really big vulnerable moment and like be like hey like this this is why i feel this way and really put it out there. It's nice because it's usually Kurt being yeah. like the more, the one needing more guidance or needing like the emotions and everything explained or whatever it may be. So it's nice that Blaine is like, okay, this is, it's, I'm having a moment. And then later in this episode, we get a similar scene b- between Brittany and Santana, although it's much less healthy. I think Santana has a lot of fear and that guides a lot of the things that she does in her high school episodes, Absolutely. like in her character during high school before she goes to New York. It's all informed by like fear and perception by others and Britney's 
the Blaine in that situation, always bringing her back down to earth and calming her fears. Yeah. So I think it's just the queer relationships in this episode one, Absolutely. for sure. Um, and are just so supportive. Yeah, they're so supportive. And then the next scene is Rachel and Mercedes asking Sam to prom, which it's is cute, so win-win-win situation. And they had their money prepared. Like, it was just so sweet and Sam thoughtful. is such a sweet boy. And like, I believe me, I know I've talked about it endlessly already, but it just, he's such a good character and it's so nice to see him just be a good boy and have his pride still and the girls respect that. He's totally growing on me. Yeah. He's really growing And the girls are like, this isn't, like a handout this is a loan and they're really respecting his mm-hmm. pride and being like we understand that you don't want to feel like you're being pitied or anything like that so we're not doing that which right. is it makes me really happy yeah me too gosh it was just a really nice cute scene to stray away from the cute scene for a second i did type sam community dick evans <laughs> which you would i type love that i love that but okay it would have been yeah <laughs> i mean i think it it would have been weird to have them go with yeah, anyone else I, because everybody else has already had their has moments. Has had their moments. Like Rachel and Finn couldn't have worked. Rachel and Puck couldn't have worked. Mercedes and There's all like, baggage Kurt couldn't have, for like, everyone else. Yeah. And also everyone, Sam has this specific personality where them doing this with him is very wholesome where any of the other guys, it's like, it just doesn't, yeah, again, I can't explain why it just wouldn't read the same way, but because it's Sam, it's so much sweeter. Yeah, it fits. Um... All right, then we have a really cute scene with Kurt and all of the Glee Club girls where they're picking out their prom dresses and they look to Kurt for advice. And I, I thought it was really good because Brittany's even like, why is Kurt invited? Yeah. Like, it's not to be expected that, okay, the one gay kid in the club is automatically invited. They were like, no, we invited him because he has really good taste, not just because exactly. he's gay. And then Tina's like, getting a thumbs up from him is like getting a thumbs up from Jonah and Melissa Rivers, <laughs> which I thought was a really funny way of just being like, he has impeccable taste and he's kind yeah, of a bitch. Yeah, which is good. And it's... And we love it. A nice, like, throwback to all the times Kurt wasn't allowed to hang out, like, be on the girls' team and, like, did mashups or whatever. Yes. Or, like, Power of Madonna and, like, all that type of shit. Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, now Kurt is finally being able to kind of just, like, they're letting him breathe. They're letting him do what he wants and have this kind yeah. of, like... He wants to hang out with the girls and pick their prom dresses. We're not getting a scene of him going to the store with Puck and Finn yep. and doing that because it wouldn't be as yep. genuine where it's like, no, these are his close friends. He's good with the girls. He's always had a cool relationship with Tina. Him and Santana have always had this weird kind of back and forth. Back yeah. and forth. But we do get that scene at the house yeah. of Blaine, Finn, and Kurt. But yeah. we'll get to that. Um, but just to talk a little bit about the dresses, um, I actually thought that Lauren looked good in the yellow dress, but I agree navy blue is a much better choice. Navy blue I is thought one of my she looked colors. good too. I think the issue that I have with it personally is I didn't like the sound that it made. That's I didn't like the fabric it was made out of. I liked the silhouette and I liked all of that. And I didn't love the fur. I didn't like the silhouette, but I thought the color the worked, color worked for, her. for her. And I think like a big ball gown like that is very good for her. But I, and I didn't like the fur. I would have preferred like a like a sheer thing or something like that, like a little bit sexier. Yeah, like a little shawl. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that I was gonna die when Santana came out Ugh. in that red dress. Like I felt my stomach so turn hot. oh my god rip my fucking heart out and then when she turns around and walks away with kurt for a second and her ass is like insane oh my god oh my god i started going furl <laughs> and her cheeks are a little pink <laughs> and oh, pitter pat my heart when he says uh go with go with god satan <laughs> 
That was so I funny. Devil in a red it. dress. Devil in a red dress. She looks so beautiful. I really, she I really love, did. I love all the dresses that the girls end up with. Oh, I love women. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, then we cut to Artie, like, staring longingly at his fucking picture of Britney. Like, fuck off, Artie. She's too good for you. What part don't you get? Yeah, that annoyed me. I find Artie really annoying in this episode. More than I usually do. He is do. annoying. I always find him annoying. He needs to move on. Absolutely. We get the puck storyline with the punch bowl situation. I barely paid attention to it, but we can move to Rachel singing <laughs> Rolling in the Deep. Okay, I have a critique for Rachel. Go ahead. What the fuck is her deal with picking the most downer songs for prom? That comes later babe but even rolling in the deep is not like i don't want to dance to that at prom like a sad like a slowed version of it i mean it kind of has a good beat yeah but even i have then, a bigger issue like, with the song she actually chose jar of hearts has great lyrics she's out of pocket for that she's off she's off it's crazy to pick these songs what is she thinking but she sounds so good oh. here and jonathan groff's voice is too good like, he was kind of melting me a little bit. I was like, oh, shit. Like, why am I getting a little sweaty right he now? He sounds so sexy here. He really He kind of eats her up. He does. He, uh, no, he kind of eats her up. Kind of? Well, kind of? I want to give her some respect, but like, holy shit. She, she he, looks oh so God. beautiful here, but John yeah. stole the show. I'm sorry. It's, it needs yeah, to be Yeah, absolutely. Said. All right. Finn immediately, obviously, makes a beeline for Rachel. Like, mm, I heard a nasty rumor Jesse's back. Bitch, why the fuck do you care? Go be with Quinn. He's on his hater shit. I was posting on my close friends the other day <laughs> about the song Closure by Taylor Swift. Yes. And it's I've, I've been on one thinking about this, but I fucking hate when exes try to care what the fuck you do in your life after it's over. Like, Absolutely. He says he still cares about her. And it's like, too bad. Suck it up. Keep it to yourself. Mind your business. Stay in your lane. It's over. You have no right going up to her and asking her about personal issues in your life. And then why are you also ranting to Rachel about your relationship and how you're annoyed with Quinn? You chose Quinn. She doesn't need to be fucking giving you advice, but she does. And now that we mention it, it's like, why was she so specific with what to pick for the corsage? It's almost like... She's gay. No, it can't be. But no, it can't Um, be. Also, wait... (laughs) So one thing I do like about this is a good Rachel episode. Yep. Because it is. this is another great moment. Like when he's like Autonomy. being fucking annoying. Yeah, she's like literally she's like, I have been so supportive of you and Quinn, even though it kills me inside. You need to back off. Yeah. And like, thank Ugh, God she it. finally says says something like that to him where it's like, bro, you fuck this. Like you, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. Like, leave me alone. It's not your business if I want to date Jesse or go even just go to the prom with him. Yeah. And plus, and then she's like, not that I even owe you an explanation, but he's only coming with um, me and Mercedes and Sam. I'm not going with him as a couple. Yeah. Which, even if she was, he has no it's fucking right business. to care. Yep. Period. Absolutely. Okay. But like her saying a gardenia with a green strap, I think it was, to ma- to match her eyes. Diva. Like, okay. The Faberis ate that up. No. This, ep- this episode in general, oh my God. <laughs> no. They were on one. The scene and in we'll the- ta- ba- We'll get to it. The amount we'll of notes it. I have. For somebody who hates Faberi as much as me, I feel like I've been going off on them every single time we have an episode because I just remember- being like, these people are delusional. And then spending yeah, they're hours out of their mind. reading... Th- yeah, they're out of their minds. They're out of their minds, and I love it. I love delusion. Okay. <laughs> Teen gay. We have to talk about this next scene of Artie. Not even understanding that this is literally a song that Stevie Wonder wrote about his fucking daughter, you creep. Artie is... And then Mercedes says it. 
Like she's like, isn't this song about a baby? And she's so right. It's literally about his daughter. Artie is an idiot. <laughs> well documented Ugh. that Artie is an idiot, and that's okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I would kill someone if they did this to me in public. Me too. I I don't like public anything. I've told Bernie that if she proposes to me in a public setting, like at a hockey game or something like that, I would say no. It, I will say no. I. Me too. I will say oh my no. God. This is why I love you because I feel like we're on the same page about shit that matters. Absolutely. Like, period. If you, I have very specific requirements for certain things. And one of them is my proposals and things like this of this nature. It can't be on a holiday. It can't be on my birthday. No, it needs to be its own thing. It needs to be its own day. It can't be in front of a huge crowd or in a public setting like that. It can't be something where I feel pressured to say yes, even though I probably would. It can't I be in front of my family. It. it affects me. Exactly. Oh my God. That was going to be my next one. I So I've t- said this to Michelle before because we've talked about this. Like Michelle's m- one of my oldest friends. I've known them just as long as I've known you at this point. And like, we've talked about this and I've been like, you, whoever I end up with, if they want to propose to me and like, they're going to you to advice, you got to give them the deets. Cause I'll say no, I will publicly humiliate someone if they do some shit like this. I know. I, I think I need to like, I mean, I've told Bernie to her face yeah. what my requirements are. So she should know. <sighs> it's just, I should probably also give the list to like my aunt or my mom yeah. or something just in case Bernie forgets because but it's also, I just can't. Even if the person that I like, what I, that I end up marrying or whatever, and like, or who proposes to me, whatever the fuck it is, you should know that I don't like that. Yeah, you should. That's know. something you like know. integral to like you. Sh- that's something you should just know about the person that you're proposing just to. Just like the or, ring, exactly. Just like the you ring. Should just, it's just as important. You should as just the ring. know what I want because obviously, if we've yep. been together long enough that you think this is the step that we should be taking, we sh- you should know what you should know at that point. Mm-hmm. You should know. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate totally this. Agree. I would have I would have said no even if I wanted to. And I love how Brittany lays down the law. She's yeah. like, mm, that was cute, but no. She said you hurt what my part feelings. Don't you get about I'm going. I'm mad at you. It's over. Go about your exactly. business. And I'm so glad that she actually it? sets the, keeps the boundary and like doesn't just be like, oh okay. I love how all the girlies are like having boundaries in yes. this episode. Rachel has her boundary. Brittany has her boundary. Kurt and Blaine talk about boundaries. It's not something we always see. Yeah. Especially in Glee, where it's like, oh, a song fixes everything. This is a nice episode where they actually carry on those things from past episodes where it's like, no, Artie hurt her feelings and she does not want to go with him. She's going to go alone and she'll have fun. Mm-hmm. And Ar- take it take it and go. Yeah. that You got your answer. You asked and you got an answer. Yeah. And then we cut to Blaine, Finn... Kurt and Bert at the Hummel residence and Blaine looked fucking hot in this scene. Oh my god. Like don't even get me started. I can't even like uh, hot, very I, hot in this scene. There's something so He's so hot listen, when he's not I'm a full on lesbian, but I need to say one thing about the male anatomy. Mm-hmm. Adam's apples are hot. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Oh my god. I think also season two specifically, like obviously later when he's not a warbler, because we see him so much in the warbler uniform, when we do get those rare moments of him just like kind of in casual normal clothes, horny off the charts. He was looking good in that black button down. I'm like, look at how fitted that is. Mm. I can't, I like was staring at his arms Mm -hmm. the whole time. And then he's like talking about like the type of tux he wants to wear. And I'm like, He's hunky. I'm frothing. Yeah, he's, he's hunky. He is hunky. Darren Chris is a hunk. Uh-huh. All right, then Kurt comes out in the... Um, kilt? Yeah. Um, Love a kilt. Simply nothing off the rack for <laughs> a gay male in Ohio. 
I love my gay king. He's right. He is right. Also, but Bert is also request. right. No offense. He's also right. Another request to see Kurt's craft room. Like, can we please get a photo? We'll we'll accept like a quick screenshot. Anything. Chris Colfer, please describe to me what Kurt's craft room looks like. We I need to yeah, know. Yeah, we need details, please. We need to start the campaign. I need to know what it looks like. How is he pulling this shit out of nowhere? Do you do you agree with Bert and Blaine's assessment that Kurt was number one looking for attention, but also do you agree with Kurt in that? there's nothing wrong with looking for attention because the girls get dressed up and wear their pretty dress and get to you know do all that but i feel like there's a couple of things he's right they're they're both right yeah they're both right and i feel like there's a couple of things the scene with kurt earlier in the dressing room was foreshadowing because i feel like it was showing that he wanted to be part of the in group and and has those opinions and thoughts about what it is to look good for an event and dress up for an event and his acceptance of it and his excitement about it and we get this scene Mm -hmm. where he's like i'm fine with attention i'm fine with looking gay i'm fine with being gay i don't care what anybody thinks and then we get the scene with um, him and Karofsky in the hallway. And he's like, have you looked around? Nobody's bullying us. Nobody cares anymore. Like, it's fine. It's safe. It's all this. And Karofsky's like, no, you're wrong. Um, yeah. But then we get the horrible, horrible, horrible scene at the end where he's humiliated by the attention that he gets. And he feels like it's a negative thing. He does get to reclaim it. But it just brought this question in my mind of like, when is it why did he immediately feel like it was bad attention and then go up and reclaim it in your opinion like for me i thought about and i was just like he feels like he's being bullied but in all the scenes before this point he says he doesn't care about how he's perceived so like what makes it or breaks it i think i think for me i what i'll say first is i do agree with bert that now that kurt is back in mckinley he is kind of just like he's peacocking Mm -hmm. he's like i'm back whatever like i'm not going to be taken down a peg i'm going to be exactly who i am because i have every right to be just like everybody else Mm -hmm. and i agree with him on that too but i do agree with bert because it's like look i understand that but you also have to be smart Mm -hmm. these are not like people people are inherently bad about these things like you have to be smart and you have to especially after hearing what blaine Blaine's the story. story blaine told him it's like yeah you have to take a step back and be, understand that like just because i want to do this and i ha- should have the agency to do this does not mean it is safe for me to do this and yeah. i think that's an important like dialogue between the two of them where they're both right and they're both wrong yeah but neither here nor there i think it, not to cut you off no, but i also fine. feel like it's partly it's a bad thing though because it feeds into that whole like oh he was asking for it sort of thing like there's just there has to be a line. Totally. Between. He's not. Because right? he's, he's not. just being himself. And maybe his true self is the kind of thing yeah. that people bully him for. And that's not his fault. But at the same time, like... Bert and Kurt have had this similar conversation before in the past, uh, like in episodes that we've talked about, where it's... Well, like, I think it was duets where he wanted to sing yeah. with Sam or whatever it was. And Bert was like, well, you have to understand, like, certain. And he was like, why can't I just sing with someone? Why does it have to be a problem if I do it this way when everyone else can do something and it's no problem? So I think it's, uh, it mirrors that conversation and that kind of feeling that he's having really well. And I think at the end, when we get that scene at like the prom queen scene, I think the big thing, because if he, if Puck had won prom king or Finn had won prom king or any of the random people, I think this fact that specifically it was him and Karofsky who win, I think it's, that makes it blatantly a joke to these people and i think that is inherently negative to him because like everyone at that school probably knows how shitty 
and evil Karofsky was to Kurt. So then, then for them to set them up, almost to set Kurt up for some sort of like violence or bullying in a more physical way. That's how I read it at least, where it's like, if it had been anybody else as prom king, I don't think Kurt would, I think Kurt would have been upset because it's a mean joke regardless, because it's like demeaning him because of his sexuality yeah. and his femininity to put him up for like, for this thing, like as a write-in vote. It's like very Carrie mm. type vibes, which I think is what mm -hmm. they were like maybe trying to mimic. But I think the fact that specifically it's him and Karofsky when their history is well documented on the show and I'm sure in the school, like in universe, I think that makes it even worse because he's like, what the fuck? How, like, not only is it fucked up for you guys to vote me for prom queen because it's just inappropriate for a multitude of reasons, it's fucked up for you to put me in this situation with someone who has been actively violent and actively malicious to me because of my sexuality, and they don't even know all the shit about, like, him kissing him, him threatening to kill him, him, like, all this type of shit, you know what I mean? So I think, I think that adds an extra layer to it about why it upsets him as much as he does and he runs out, because if it, I, I genuinely, if I think it was anyone else, and this is to say, like, it wouldn't have moved the story along if it was anyone else it needed to be Karofsky it needed to be that character arc for this whole season because like the season's almost over after this right. there's only like four more episodes so I think they needed to put a button on this Karofsky thing and Kurt in the school thing because then when Kurt does come back and he does give his little like eat your heart out Kate Middleton everyone claps and they're like oh he got us like he took it in stride and then Karofsky runs off and everything and he's kind of just like the weird guy. So I, th I think there's, I think the Karofsky of it all is the big thing. Yeah. No, I agree because we get the scene of Karofsky crying and being like, I'm not ready. Yeah. Like, you don't get it. I can't, I'm not ready. I Which, can't do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's really interesting, like the dynamic there and just how it, it kind of buttons up this whole arc they've had this whole season in a, yeah. in a really sad way. And then obviously Karofsky, like we see more from him later on yeah. in season like three and four season i think three four. no well, three doesn't he date somebody in what in season yeah he comes back don't they see him yeah. at like the gay bar or something like that something along or those some, lines. something along those lines where he's like talking he's like dating someone or hooking up with someone or whatever it is he's out though wait i think it's thanks to blaine right Isn't he's like out at that point he's like all thanks yeah. to blaine now i'm finally out and i'm yeah. really happy with who i am and accepting myself i don't know i don't remember very much exactly and then in season three we get like the cough syrup number oh. and like that whole episode of just like horribly hard to watch like this isn't an end to the Karofsky storyline but it's a nice button on him and Kurt kind of having this like this like uh malicious like one-sided right. malicious relationship just in bullying him for things he's insecure about but that's my take on it I'm and if if someone else out there like has a different read on this scene and like why Kurt takes it as hard as he does understandably feel free to get in our yeah. DMs like we want to hear about it like text us if you know us I want to know what y'all think whatever. about it yeah like I would love to hear really about it this is just a really interesting dynamic yeah, it's where so like at first he's fine with all the attention and then this is what makes it or breaks it is the fact that because you would think okay in yeah. front of everybody he's you know wearing his kilt being himself being flamboyant peacocking as you referred to it and then when he gets nominated as prom queen it immediately all comes crashing down and the facade comes down and he realizes yeah it's about negativity it's not about positivity like if that was a celebration like people were like you know what yeah if yeah was like you know what good but for you no he feels like it was if like in a later season if it was if it was a similar like later in, in the seasons when they have like unique and yeah. everything like that and they have these kind of trans storylines and like gender non-conforming storylines i think 
like that could be seen mm. as the flip of it where it's like them voting for unique as prom queen could be this kind of like so maybe it's like gender, a gender affirmation thing. we respect like yeah where it's like they're mm. they're it's misogyny because the, it's misogyny and homophobia because they're like oh look at how feminine you are you act like a girl and that's a bad thing so we're gonna make you prom right. queen we're gonna make you think we're gonna tell right. everyone that you act like a girl and i think that feeds into it too and i mean the kilt is like the right. least flamboyant thing we see kurt in in the first two seasons so I don't think it was the clothes or anything like that. I think this was just, like, malice on the part of the school and, like, this community of, like, bullying that they obviously had in the school as that we've seen. And especially the, when he gets announced as prom queen and, like, we're, we're really getting mm-hmm. ahead of ourselves. We'll get... We're gonna talk about we're more. We're moving along in a moment. But, like, this is the... Ep- this is the... Yeah, but, like, I think... I think the way that everybody looks at Kurt and the shots that we get of the crowd after Kurt They're waiting to see how he's queen, gonna react. Yeah, and they're not being supportive. They're like, oh, is he gonna freak out? Like, that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for the reaction. See, and this is why the question remains for me, though, because I feel like the fact that nobody really knew how to react until they saw Kurt. Like, is he going to celebrate it? Is he going to be happy about this win? Should we be be clapping? He needs to be setting the the tone tone. because people don't really know. Is this a joke or is this serious? Like, was he really voted? Like, we love him. And, you know, he's, you know, his flamboyant ass self. And yeah, he's a queen. We love him. Or is it like, no, he's being bullied and we should not be clapping. There's one person that claps. But it's all like exactly, and like someone who like woos and or whatever. It's really quiet, and but it's so quiet. See, that's what too. makes me com- even more confused about it, though, because it's like if this was a huge prank by the student body, wouldn't they all start laughing? Yeah, and nobody did. It was just like quiet, so it makes me wonder, like, what the fuck yeah. happened? Like, I think it's, and that's why I wonder, like, why did he choose to take it as a I... negative thing if nobody started laughing or nobody started sneering or pointing at him or. Anything like that. And then he got his moment on stage and he's like, eat your heart out, Kate Middleton. And then they all did clap and cheer for him in a non-negative way. You know what I think it is? You know, I think why we're so confused by it right now. Why? I think because you and I are two people who have been comfortable and like open with their queerness for such a long time at this point, like at least with ourselves. Like, let's take a step back and think of us as 16. Oh, God. 16 year old (laughs) queer people in small towns. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? No, like think about that. Like, I think that's... I think that's important context for this because it's like, if I, this happened to me and I was out at 14 to all of my friends, my whole school knew, like I was very confident. I was very comfortable with myself. Like nobody fucked with me because I was gay. Nobody bullied me. Like I never dealt with that. It was not my experience. I was very lucky because I did grow up in a really small town in upstate New York, like 90 people in my graduating class, like mm-hmm. hick shit, all that, you know, I never dealt with that. But if this happened to me, I, it would have devastated, like it would have broken me. Because this is the thing, and Kurt puts it really well, and I think that also fa- like uh, puts it. He puts it really well because they can't even be outward with their hate; they have to <sighs> do it behind my back. Where at least Karofsky was really fucking in mm. his face, and it's like they knew where they stood for the most part. Obviously, there was a lot mm. of things Kurt didn't know at the beginning, but these people were so cowardly that they had to do it behind his back. Is ha- is how right. he's reading it? Because it's not like people were just campaigning for him, and they were like, "Cool, like we love Kurt they for secretly being this hate way." Him it was secretive. And he had no idea, and he thought he was. That's okay. the thing, yeah. and that's what. Yeah, you're right. And I know for me, as so, again, like I didn't get bullied or anything like that. There was always that thing in the back of my mind of like. What are yeah. people saying about me? That never my goes back away. Op- only I'm sorry, but that never goes away. School never goes away. You could be walking with your partner at forty. Like I know when I walk around like with Tony. Yeah. I'm constantly self conscious about like it's hard to be in the moment. It is hard because you're looking around. And you're like, 
that couple over there has been staring at us. Like, I feel like a freak right now. Just. Yeah, I feel like I'm being watched. Like I'm at a zoo. Like I'm the zoo. Like they're acting like we're having sex at the, on the street and we're not. We're just holding hands or like smiling and holding each other. Like. And I feel like that's very pretty universal for like most queer people, mm -hmm. like just in walking around or being in relationships or PDA or anything like that. So I think that feeds into it a lot too, where it's just like, what are people too scared to say to me? Because they don't want to seem like not PC or problematic or whatever, or they just don't like what, like what's going on? Like you can never know the internal. So I think that's scarier a lot of the time than what people are actually doing to you and saying to you yeah. because that's weirdly more malicious at least how i read it yeah okay let's move on we need to move on a little bit we could talk yeah. about this for like four hours we need to move on we'll get back to it but yeah. like shit <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so they start playing the Psycho Piano song. I call it Quinn's theme because it's, they only yeah. play it for Quinn, really. Very rarely do they play it for someone else. I think they I think played they it for played like it for Lauren. Santana and Lauren. Yeah. yeah. It's like anytime someone's acting like truly sociopathic out of pocket, they get the Quinn music. Yeah. I don't think Rachel ever did though. Yeah. So Finn literally says that she's the most beautiful girl he ever saw. Is he lying to himself? Is he lying to her? Or is he truly that confused? He needs to make up his fucking mind. He pisses me off. I think he's truly that confused. I hate him. I think he's truly that confused because I mean like who like he's like a dog. It's like any toy that you put in front of him is his favorite toy. <laughs> that's so like, true. And I, it's true. It's like when he sees Rachel, when he sees Rachel, he's like, that's the most beautiful person. Like that's the one I want to be with. And then he he's sees like, Quinn and he's girl. like, that's the most beautiful. Yeah. It's like, yeah. He's, he's not emotionally intelligent and in, enough to step back and be like, which of these people is a good fit for me and what I need emotionally and who can really give me the like fulfilling relationship that I think I deserve and desire. He's not emotionally yeah. intelligent enough to step back like that. And I think if he did have like a friend like Blaine or something like that, or a friend who was just talk to him plainly at all, or even like if Bert and him sat down and had a conversation with like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like leading both of these girls on and like pitting them against each other when they already have beef. It's inappropriate. It's like not appropriate for you to be doing this. It's like, it's fucked up. It's rude. So I think he's just like dumb. Right. I agree. At the end of the day. He is, I think. And I do think Diana Agron looks so beautiful in this scene. Yeah, I agree. She does. She's just she very pretty. She's very pretty. She's like traditionally gorgeous, like skinny, blonde, like chiseled face. She looks like a she Barbie does. doll. And that's why... Taylor, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Taylor, you had a point with that one. <laughs> yeah. Not Carly, though. Uh, I don't get that. I mean, let's not get into it, but I think Carly has moments of beauty. That's fair. I think... I'm just a I hater. think the ugliest model is... Do you know who I'm going to say? I don't know, actually. I know... I don't think... Is it Cara Delevingne? Nope. There's a model that I hate oh. who everyone thinks is gorgeous, and I don't get it. It's Kate Moss. Really? So ugly. Are you kidding me? I think that... I find... I don't think she's ugly. I can understand... She's weird looking. I don't think she's ugly, though. I understand where you're coming from. She's ugly. I don't think... <laughs> Gigi Hadid is, I think, my least favorite model. Oh. I mean, yeah. But I don't... I don't... I think it's just because she's a bad model. I don't think it's because of her face or anything i think she's just not i don't think she's good at what she's doing especially compared to her sister who's your favorite mine is cindy crawford of all time yeah mine's cindy crawford or christy turlington those are my two faves i think mine's either linda evangelista or naomi campbell oh yeah i love them both because it's just i think when They're i think amazing. model i think of like the late 80s early 90s like versace shows yeah where i like it's like the like the models of the world i think of in, like, I, I just think of Todd Oldham like I, I'm sorry I yeah like uh, Tyra Banks and Todd Oldham uh, <laughs> everyone yeah, needs to go I look think, that yeah. up go look it up people <laughs> all right let's move on though yeah I know, this does not matter but 
go look it up. <laughs> also, go watch the Too Funky music video for, uh, the, of the George Michael song. Yeah. Because he has, like, all the 90s, like, super, super models of the world in it. Oh, it's excellent. That's also a banger song. Cindy Crawford is so fucking hot. Oh, my God. I just She's looked still at, so hot. I just looked her up. She's still so she's beautiful. She's still so fucking beautiful. Like, oh! Uh, and she's one of those she's one of those models where like looking Jesus. at her now oh my God. it doesn't look like she's had a lot of work done she's aged really like she's aged gracefully like naturally you know what i mean and i'm sure she's had work done like that's just not like there's no way she hasn't in the industry that she's in can i tell you something what i am frothing at the mouth of this image <laughs> <laughs> of oh this image God, yeah. of Cindy Crawford so recreating her 1992 Pepsi ad for charity and the images. Wait, I haven't seen mm. Oh my god, yeah. I'm Holy sick. shit. I'm she's sick. hotter now. I'm sick. I'm sick. Maybe we just have like mommy issues, but she's hotter now. Mommy? Sorry. Mommy? Sorry. <laughs> mommy? <laughs> Who's her daughter again? Her daughter? Uh, Kaya Gerber? Oh my god, flop. I don't really know too much about her. She's not a good model. Oh, that's sad. Imagine your mom was Cindy Crawford and you're a bad model. That's so embarrassing. Holy Jesus. Okay, I need to X out of this tab. She's just too we much. We need to move on. We need to move on. We I'm need sweating. to move on. We need, you know what we're going to you know we're going to talk about I'm sweating. how beautiful Mercedes is. Mercedes is gorgeous. <laughs> I'm still sweating. <laughs> 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 okay. I thought it was really funny when Mercedes tells them to get lost. It was a very I love like I love high school that... grease moment. Like, get lost. Yeah, losers. she's like, we're having fun. Mind your business. Get out of here. Yeah, go See away. You later. Bye, Quinn. Bye, Finn. Get your stupid ass. She'd be a great Rizzo. She would be a, such a good Rizzo. But, I mean, She'd be a great of Rizzo. course, we were Santana's so Rizzo. proud to see Santana as Rizzo. Ugh. Like, Ugh. okay. I fucking love that. I love that. But, yeah. I also love Sam's bolo tie. Okay, wait. I have to talk about something really quick. Is it just Please. me or Sam asking Jesse what he thinks of his bolo tie for like gay, gay approval? And then his his gay approval. And then second gay thing, Springsteen and Tunnel of Love reference. Another bisexual Springsteen icon. Springsteen is so fucking gay. It's like that's the thing. Sam is, Sam so, is so fucking bisexual. It's making me. It's making my head spin. Oh my. god. God, like it's so, it's right there, guys. It's right there. Like, please, everything the kid says and does, it's just so bi. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. I, so I just, I love, I love I the love bolo Sam. tie. I'm, I'm honestly, he's starting to be. I love Sam. Even though we haven't even he's done great. a full rewatch, like he's really grown on me. I have no idea why he used to bother me. I think probably because he was like corny straight guy is what I perceived him as originally. But I, as I rewatch, yeah. like I realize he actually has so many more queer moments than I really noticed. Probably because I was too busy paying attention to like Rachel and Santana. <laughs> but I, I actually I mean, really yeah. like Understandably. him now. He's like totally grown on me. He's so great. Yeah. He's such a he's so funny and like i think it's again like we were talking about with like this deal that rachel and mercedes made with him couldn't work with anybody else because at the end of the day he's just so respectful of the girls yeah and like pretty much always like i i think it's very very far and few between and again correct me if i'm wrong any listeners or anything like that that sam kind of has like a douchebag bro moment in the beginning yeah out of the gate 
Yeah, out of the, like, he's very respectful of Kurt at the beginning, even though Finn, like, fucks with him about it, you know what I mean? And tries to make him feel bad for it, or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, he's flirty with Quinn, and is, and she sets a boundary, and he's like, okay, but, like, I like you. And her boundary was kind of, in like, cr- like her reasoning was kind of crazy. But I don't know. I just like Sam. I like Sam a lot. I like him a lot. He definitely has um, grown on me and just kind of impressed me Sweet with boy. how sweet he is I, I don't really see him as the way i see the other boys on the show and i yeah. think that's a queer thing honestly if i'm being honest i think so bisexual guys are always going to be better than straight guys in my eyes no offense absolutely i 100 percent agree full offense all right we also but wait what <laughs> jesse saying if you get <laughs> if you get tired of your boyfriend there stepping on your little feet feet yeah your little feet i'll like i'll dance with her or whatever and i was like oh he's fucking he's going at finn yeah he's getting him oh i love it i love it too i love any moment where quinn and finn get knocked down a peg like me they too. deserve it me too period um jesse drinking coffee queer coded yeah honestly like who the rest of them having <laughs> water and him having coffee before going to prom oh my god that's queer. It is queer, and it's also like older person representation. Like, gotta rally before the event. Like, and he's not even that much older than them, right? It's like I know, he's but like, he's what, acting like, like he's like in his thirties. Like, who the fuck? I orders know it's really before? funny. Yeah, it is funny. I didn't even catch that, but now that you mention it, definitely. <laughs> um, can we talk about how this cover of Friday Banks? It does. It's really like good. I loved it then. I love it hate now. This song. No, I love it. But I do like this cover. I love this song. And the already rapping though is unfortunate. Already rapping is unfortunate, but I love the song, and I love how Rebecca Black is gay now. I love everything about this moment. Yes, we stand Rebecca Black. Like and it's just a fun ass song. It reminds me of high school, yeah. like being stupid idiots with my friends, like taking it's silly, like, taking pictures, and just you know dancing around definitely a fun moment it's so silly and goofy and just like this performance is really funny yeah and santana dancing with karofsky during this performance is so fucking funny. so fucking funny and then we immediately cut to rachel with her sad ass song like girl you are bringing the vibe down completely okay here's another gripe i have with rachel now <laughs> Rachel in the beginning of the episode is snapping at Finn being like, I've been so supportive of you and Quinn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can't be supportive of me. So she's like, but no, no, and no, then you're she wrong. does this shit. No, you're and totally then she wrong. does this. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. Hang on. Wait, let's because you know what? I thought I'm listening to it and I was like, this isn't even a romantic ballad. It's just a crying song. And I'm like, why would she sing this? She sounds so amazing, though. And then I'm like, wait, listening to the song lyrics and listening to the words she's saying, she says, who do you think you are? And I'm like, wow, the song's actually pretty good because it's like, it's an angry song. It's not an I want to get back together song. Because she says, I wish we had missed the first time that we kissed because you broke all your promises. And then she says, now you're back and you don't get to get me back. It's still her sticking to her, sticking to her statement that she said to him of, fuck off. You don't get to love me anymore. We're over. You're with Quinn. Bye. Period. The lyrics, the lyrics tell the story. Yeah, but she's also giving Finn, she's giving Finn too much credit. What do you mean? To understand that. But because but Finn that's is, not her problem. Day, that's a, that's a HP, not a no. I not a. I know okay. that. But at the but like, is this the forum? Yeah, it is because she's a drama queen. She gets slapped in the face <laughs> two scenes later, and she says she loves it. Like who the f- yeah? Like, you're ta- you're talking about Rachel Berry, not some right. average ass girl. I'm right. I think you're right. I just don't like it. I know, 
and it, it's... <laughs> I can admit that you're right. Okay, that's fine. She, but I don't, I don't like it. The song sucks, but it's also amazing because, like, <laughs> yeah, like they wanted to hear like a lovey-dovey song, but this, Rachel's like, nope, fuck you. If I have to sing a performance and watch them dance together, it's gonna be a song about how he is a fucking annoying prick. <laughs> Period. She should have just wrote that song for regionals. I love her. Fuck. Jar of Hearts is such a good song. Jar of Hearts is a really Who good song. Who sings that? Um, Christina Perry, okay. formerly mentioned on the pod. We did? When? On what occasion? Uh, I said a song was Christina Perry, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part mm. 2 coded. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I remember now. Sue is crazy. Okay. <laughs> the dental tools. This show... <laughs> that, this is so scary. This show is <laughs> fucked. This show is objectively fucked. That is so scary. Up. Like... What is happening? I do love that they wanted to use gin. I'm a gin girly. I, re- I love gin. So like, I was like, okay, work. That's a good choice. Gin used to be my alcohol that made me do my worst <laughs> moment of my entire life that I can't talk about. Good. But I recently... I, I think I know exactly what you're talking okay, about. Okay, stop. And then I recently got back into... I'm not going to say anything. I recently got back into it because I love gin and tonics. So I'm so glad that I'm gin able is... to still enjoy, enjoy gin. But it's been <laughs> years in the a, making. A journey. It's been hard. Gin is the first thing I ever got drunk on, and it was at a party in my old apartment building, and Julia, my old roommate, walked in on me in a room alone, like, (laughs) sipping out of a bottle of Hendrix gin that she had brought, and she just ran towards me saying, no, 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 (laughs) no, while also drunk as shit, and I just, like, held it and, like, giggled to myself. (laughs) Like a baby. I was holding it like a baby bottle. I... My first thing that I ever got drunk on was Four Loco. I started with Chaos. Holy shit. Yeah. That is fucked up. Yeah. I knew, like, in high school, I knew kids, and like, middle school kids who got fucked up on Four Loco, and I was like, that sounds awful. I didn't get (laughs) fucked up in high school, though. Like, I feel like I first started drinking to the point of drunkenness in college, for sure. And in New York, I mean, I started college in New York and then eventually moved back to New Hampshire to finish it, but... In New York, the cheapest booze you could buy was like, go to a bodega, grab a $5 Four loco. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. I, yeah, I didn't drink until I was like literally like three months away from turning 21. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Late bloomers. That's fine though. Kudos to you. Yeah, whatever. Um, Sue is scary. Sue is scary. That's the end of that. And then fuck, we get one of my favorite Glee covers of all time. I love gay people. Fuck. This song, so I love this song, and I love this album that this song is Wait, on we originally. Wait, should, we should say uh, what the song is, because pe- some people probably so aren't watching with us. It's I'm Not Gonna Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance by Black Kids, and it's on the album Party Traumatic, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite fucking albums of all time, love my it. friend. So I found them through this performance because i was like wait i love this and then i like knew them a little bit like listened to them here and there and then when i got to college my friend kane was like i love them and really showed me them our friend kane Mm -hmm. showed me them and i was like totally fell in love it's just so much fun and blaine sounds so fucking good in this and looks good so he looks so sexy and the song is so gay and like all the pronouns are all over the place and it's so much fun. It's such a perfect song to dance it to. Is. Oh, I love like it. if I want to just dance to an album, I put on Party Traumatic by Black Kids. And this is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Glee covers. It's so good because it's such a good cover. Like it's similar enough to the original while still feeling like a Glee cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is like a fun genre in and of itself. Yeah. I love it. Just really and this well scene done. Feels like a, this scene feels like a panic attack. There's so much going on. Uh, honestly, I feel like the way that they're like just dancing so much and then all of a sudden 
Jesse and Rachel seem to be having fun and Finn just can't fuck off. He just can't stop looking at Rachel and Jesse. Like, first of all, we need to say one thing. Jesse is hotter than Finn. Sorry. No contest. Second. No fucking contest. Second thing we need to say is that Finn just keeps shoving him and he is such a baby about the entire thing. He's not even like saying yeah. anything. And Rachel didn't even didn't even seem like she wanted Jesse to stop. She was like smiling and laughing and like sure he was kissing they her were neck and fun. she was kind of like like kind of inching a little bit away like oh well that, like, that's a bit much but like but she it was like, like it wasn't like she was like recoiling. She right. was like oh my god we're like in public yeah Ooh. yeah and then and they have such good chemistry they and they've always had good they chemistry have, since Spring Awakening. Don't even get me started. Yeah so uh Finn is dick riding so fucking hard in this scene. He it's is. so annoying. And then Quinn's like, but wait. So Sue comes and grabs him by the collar and like shoving him out. And Quinn's like, but wait, we're nominated. And she's like, sucks for you, sister. Sucks for you, sister. Too true. Too true. Yes. It made me laugh. Also, Jane Lynch's line delivery is so perfect. fucking funny. It's because so she's perfect. like fully yelling. She's like, sucks for you, sister. And then yeah. it like drops down an octave. Oh. It's so weird. Like she goes from yelling to talking. I loved it. It's such a... It's also like a great Sue moment because she does do that a lot. Where like when she has to step in and like be a professional, she does it. I know. I love her like sometimes. When she was, like there's, I, there's I a love few it. moments like that where I'm just like, oh, thank God for Sue because absolutely, it's such a different yeah. energy than Will. And the way that also, where the fuck was Matthew Morrison in this <laughs> right? entire episode? He was episode? gone. Like he wasn't at the prom. What the fuck? This seems like his bread and butter being weird around a bunch of teenagers. But okay, good riddance. Let them have their yeah, fun I mean, without like, you, weirdo. I'm not. I'm not complaining. Also, Blaine slaying during this song, like the whole time. There's like fist fights breaking out, and Blaine is like, "I'm still singing, bitch." Yep. He was like, He's a star. "I'm going. I'm a professional. He's a star. Exactly. I don't know what's going on out there? But y'all, y'all do you." He's like, Meanwhile, "You're messy. I'm singing." Literally. Meanwhile, I love it. Rachel finally gets to taste her sweet, sweet revenge because mm. Finn loves her and not Quinn. And now Quinn doesn't get to be prom queen, period. And that's that on that. We're all happy now. I'm so happy with this moment, but I hate the very next moment of they all go on stage. And then I love the moment again because Santana's like, you suck <laughs> you so bad, You so Quinn. hard, Quinn for Bray. <laughs> she says... <laughs> She says her full fucking name, and that's how you know she meant it to be so bitchy. Because if you're saying someone's full name, you are being malicious. You are trying to hurt their fucking feelings. And she succeeded, too, because she knows that's the one thing Quinn cares about, and now she won't get it. She didn't get it. It makes me so happy. So I have so many qualms with this moment. And, and this is why I chose the episode. This scene just makes no sense to me. I already talked about my, my issues with it, but there are even more issues that come up on this particular part of the scene. So... Get into it. Krofsky wins for prom king. Fine. Then, I'm first of all confused why, if you were a principal of a school and you knew that you had a kid who had been bullied so bad by the exact guy who had just won prom king, and then you looked at the card yeah. and read that the kid's name had been written down, why the fuck would he literally say Kurt Hummel? Like, why wouldn't he just say one of the girls names why wouldn't he intervene as a, as he's a, so unprofessional this moment pisses me the fuck off any teacher or like leader at a school with 
any type of like moral rationalization in their fucking brain would know the kid's name is written down. Clearly it's not. And see, that's the part where I'm confused again. Like if he thought that this was a prank or like a cruel Mm. joke, he would have said something. I feel. I think it's just another. It's just such a mystery because we don't even find out who at the end of the episode, we don't even find out who did the joke. We don't even find out who coordinated. Who organized it. Yeah. There was no button on that. Like how did this prank even come to be? We didn't see any behind the scenes during the rest of the episode of people like doing it as a joke or being like, ooh, let's do this sneaky thing. Like it's like it's I think because when you look at like I all I can think about in really in this scene and like this like story arc, whatever this moment in this episode is like, I just can't help but relate it to Carrie, which is like, for me, the only other big cultural prom thing like this, like it's for, in my all of that context, we get that's every the thing single that's like leading up to it. Yeah, there's so like you see the, the kids who are actively planning this like act of violence against this girl because they don't like her because she's different. She's other. Where it's like, I think because we don't see it, because, but also in that, in Carrie, that's the, the pig's blood thing. It's, it's like a nice, it's a really interesting, like a uh, mirror to it because you have this small group who are planning this thing in Carrie. It's these group of like four or five kids planning this thing to like do this fucked up prank on this girl. The prank happens. You see the whole room or depending on like the read of it and like which version of Carrie like laughing like the kids laugh when actually like carrie they're not actually laughing i think if i'm remembering carrie correctly again correct me if i'm wrong she's just interpreting it as that where kurt doesn't even see that so it's this so it's almost like this large group playing this thing almost everyone got in on it and then no one takes responsibility and no one's laughing i think because they see how fucked up he is i think they recognize like that it's shitty i hope that's it but i just find it so difficult to watch i i literally so when I was hard watching watch. this scene for this episode i literally felt sick to my stomach i kind of feel sick right now just talking about it like it's i just really can't upsetting. imagine if that happened to me i think i would probably faint like I would probably get really dizzy. I would have an anxiety attack. Absolutely. Imagine and I think being in the center of that room with people who have made your life a living, a living hell. hell up to that point. Staring at you. Staring at you, waiting to see like... If you're going to he- snap or break or whatever. Or- like you're, they're waiting for you to do something. Oh, whatever it may God. be. You're g- and whatever you do is going to be wrong in their eyes. Who the hell clapped? Is what I want to know. One person clapped. They didn't show who it was. They just showed no, hands. I think it was just like some rando. Yeah. And but then it's like, like I think it's also babies. interesting. He like goes running out. With Figgins not doing anything. And like none of the teachers really doing anything. I think that's just kind of underlining the overall theme of like, they never stepped in to protect this kid well, they, in any real way. Uh, like, yeah, you know, because okay. I mean? he has to yeah. leave eventually. So it's like yeah. another example of like, well, we can't really do anything about this because we don't know who started it. And it's like, it's if you, you can't punish everyone for this thing, because then it's not fair to the people who didn't do it. You know what I mean? So it's this weird, mm-hmm. like they're caught in this gray area. But I think it's just another example of like having to underline like sometimes the fucking people who are supposed to protect you do not do that. Mm. And then we cut to Rachel and Quinn in the bathroom. And mm-hmm. if there was ever a moment that I wish Quinn had a long name, this would be it because I just want to say fuck you Quinn and it doesn't feel satisfying <laughs> enough. I wish her name was like short for something like Quinnifer. Yeah. Like <laughs> I hate her so much. Or you like like yeah, just something else. She's so and like then her trying her trying to get pity from Rachel is so weird. It's like you I again. I can't believe she slapped this- her in the fucking face. Like bitch, it's not her fault that your boyfriend it's is in love with fault. her. 
And it's not her fault that Kurt got nominated for prom queen instead of you. And like to make this moment all about her, I don't know how anybody could defend Quinn. She's so fucking evil to go and make this moment where one of her friends or not even her friend because she's just such a bitch about it and doesn't even clearly care. She doesn't even mention Kurt once in this scene to go into that room and then first of all, blame Rachel for everything that happens in her life when Rachel could not do a single thing. Has no control. She has no control over that situation. And then to not even mention Kurt, who she's been, you know, supposed to be his friend for like, you know, the past two years and everything like that. Not that she's yeah. been the most supportive friend, but like they they helped her when she went through her pregnancy. And like, Absolutely. I feel like in a moment of need, Kurt would totally step in and try to help her. Um, she's just such an evil bitch. I really hate her. Brittany's the only one in this whole like multiple room scene of like all of them freaking out who like says like, this is hard for you. I understand that. But it's it's harder for Kurt right now. And we have to be there for our friend. Yeah. Yeah, and Brittany's Santana the only takes one that, that, that feedback in stride. So like, absolutely, and it's like it's really. I mean, but Santana also kind of gets a pass because she's also gay. And totally, like, I think for her the moment was hard because she felt like she was always going to be. She says she's like I'm always going to be an, an outcast outsider. because she sees yeah. this happening. To, yeah, she sees this happening to Kurt. She's like, holy fucking shit, it's going to happen to me too. She's like, so I'm I scared now. That scared me. Straight. Yeah, which makes sense. And I think like her having such a reaction to that, like she was looking for prom queen to have this kind of like approval for her and like this cred for safety no it's safe- all about exactly safety. she wanted to feel yeah. like okay people still believe that i'm top straight dog or and that i'm top dog but so uh, no, yeah and i like, think it's yeah. really i think santana has a good un- an understandable interesting reaction to i think quinn is like full tilt insane and i'm glad that britney's like genuinely there to be like santana remember right- what's important you have yeah, to be right yourself now- and you know you don't frankly you didn't deserve to win prom queen right now what yeah. matters is kurt <laughs> and so- feel how you feel but also like we need to be there for our friend period and but okay we need to talk about a funny a funny quote she's like as soon as we get to new york i'm bailing to live in a lesbian <laughs> colony or tribeca yes mama the number of I... times i've thought that in my own life it's like scary <laughs> how this character is just so uh, so me like go on yes do it i yeah i fully i love her that line is really funny to me it's similar to the line where she's like I'm not ready to start eating uh, jicama or get a flat top or something like that. Right. Like, it's just like, it's so specific so <laughs> where I'm specific. like, oh, I know, like, you know, lesbianism. Don't pretend. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. We cut to Blaine and Kerr and just Blaine is, again, just being the most supportive partner. Emotionally intelligent partner. Most emotionally intelligent, informed partner that Kurt could ever ask for. Their breakup is devastating in a later I season. I hate it. I can't believe that they would break up. I just don't even believe it so for a second. So fucking stupid. That was the it's worst choice writing. they ever made on this show. One of them. We'll talk about the other one next week. No spoilers. But it is one of the worst character yeah. decisions they ever made on this show. But yeah. And this whole conversation that Blaine and Kurt have in the hallway is like, again, such a nice mirror to the conversation they have at the table at Breadsticks mm. where they're like doing this. Like they're really handling each other with so much respect and like sensitivity about these traumas that they've experienced. And like Kurt going through one right now and then Blaine going through one in the past. And when Kurt says, he's like, I'm going back in there because you have a lump in your throat about what happened to you. And if we don't go back in there, I'm going to have one and I'm not doing that. I fucking love Mm. that. I love that's a perfect way to say I'm taking ownership of what's happened to me and I'm not going to let it like I'm sorry that you had to carry yours around for so long. I'm not going to let that happen to me because I saw what it did to you. I'm not letting that happen. I love that moment. (sighs) Me too. 
it's such a good scene all the scenes with them in this episode are so lovely and like supportive of each other even when Blaine is like being more reserved about like the kilt thing and everything like that like he's more on Bert's side he's still being supportive and he's like I think you should do what you want but I also think that you should take a step back from yourself and be like okay like is this gonna cause me more harm than good if I take this decision if I make this decision you know right but I just love them I love that scene so much it makes me really happy it's also hard to watch because it's so fucking sad see and this is why I chose this episode it's yeah, just it's, difficult it's, to get through it it's emotional yeah. and we've chosen and other emotional episodes but for those ones I think the emotional reaction that I had was more on the positive side like wow I'm crying tears Same. of joy or I see myself represented and it's so moving or like this is a really important conversation that need to be had and I'm proud of the show for having it and I, I think there are elements of this episode that I do feel that way about but in particular I feel very confused and conflicted about how it was all set up and I think that's what leaves me with like a bad taste in my mouth at the end of it. I think the fact that we don't have the context of like well, why this, this happened, happened or why. like we yeah. don't see any of the behind the scenes because we don't know the people who were involved in it. So it's like it wouldn't make sense to just randomly. You know what? You know what's a good solution to this problem that we have with this story with this episode? Fan fiction. First off, yes. I think if they, so they have that scene in the very beginning with Jacob and Puck. Jacob is the ta- is the school gossip. If Jacob had some sort of drop line about the prank that's going to be played at the prom or something along those lines, you know what I mean? He's like, mm-hmm. where Puck like vaguely mentions that he's going to try and spike the punch. And he's like, that's mm-hmm. going to be the big thing of the night. And then Jacob is like, well, not actually. But Puck is out of the loop because he's not cool anymore. He's not a glee club. He's been castrated by Lauren's Ices. So right. he wouldn't know about it. But Jacob would because he's a gossip. He follows, he's like, he's a rat. He hears everything. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been a good solution where it's like, oh, there's an inkling. There's a small setup for that bigger payoff at the end of the episode. Yeah. I just feel like most people have even caught that. No, but for annoying people like us... Yeah, we would have. That would have made me, I would have been like, oh my God, I'm connecting the dots. Like my, my yarn board is connected. Yeah. But I totally understand. Like you're being that we don't see any of the behind the scenes. It's so frustrating because it's like, what is the intention? There's no resolution for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on from that though. um, We cut back to Rachel and Quinn in the bathroom and Rachel, I can't even believe she would even talk to Quinn after that. Like I would have probably exited the bathroom immediately, but like the insane Faberry shippers when Quinn grabbed that paper (laughs) towel from Rachel, it's the smallest moment on earth i swear but her pinky touches rachel when she takes it and people are like why did she grab it like that clearly they're in love like guys i'm sorry i'm all about lesbians and i fucking love lesbians but she just slapped her in the fucking (laughs) face because her boyfriend had to leave the prom they aren't in love get over it you psychos oh i fucking can't with faberry shippers you all are so delusional yo the fanfic was crazy (sighs) after this Let me take a breath. The very next quote. Why would she say you're the prettiest girl I've ever met? (laughs) Like, why would she say that? See, this is why Faberry shippers, I understand, but I hate you. (laughs) And that's okay. I think that's okay. I think that's a nice, that's a soft place to land for this. But yeah, it's crazy. The fanfic and the edits were nuts after this episode came out. Bonkers. I can't. It was so funny. So funny, but annoying. And then Kurt goes out there Mm -hmm. and he's, they start playing the music. Wait, you skipped over like four good scenes. We get get another, 
We get another Britney and Santana scene and Britney's like, um, she's like trying to convince her like, no, come on, we got to go back out there. We got to support our friend. Oh, I thought and we are, I thought like, we already talked about that. Sorry. My oh, bad. Okay, no, there, there I were apologize. like two, you're good. There are two Britannia scenes. There's one where Santana's like sad and wants to move to the lesbian colony. And then there's another <laughs> one where she's just like, look, I'm like devastated right now. Like, I really don't feel like I want to go back out there. Remember her, Kurt and Quinn all say that they don't want to go back out there. And then we get yeah. all three of their scenes where they do go back out there. We get... Yeah, true. You're right. Yeah. We get Rachel comforting Quinn. And then we cut to Brittany and Santana. And Brittany's like, look, if you would have just been your badass self, I think you would have won. And she's like, how do you know? And she's like, well, I voted for you, which is really sweet. <laughs> it's so sweet. Brittany I is wish, such... Yeah. She's good in this episode. She is. This is a phenomenal Brittany episode. Yeah. I wish Santana would have asked her instead of Dave. But I understand she wasn't ready to do that yet. Absolutely. Oh, she's and yeah. Hard. Then we get... I forget that we get the, uh, the reveal Artie. of all... Artie actually using lemonade to spike the thing. Right. And she the funniest quote in this episode that had <laughs> me cackling. Like I had to pause and I literally had to pause and rewind it. She's like, you are seriously no fun to interrogate or almost torture. <laughs> <laughs> And then when she she's like, so, oh John McCain is rolling over in his grave. In his grave. Uh, oh my way god. Way ahead of the curve. Yes. She 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 was like, I know what's I I see what's I see the future. I Artie is Sue. I love Sue. She's Sue is amazing and Artie is such an idiot. Artie is such an idiot. Um, and then we get the first dance scene. Kurt yeah. goes out there. He's like, Eat, Eat your, your heart, heart out, Kate, Kate Middleton. Middleton. I love him to pieces, but I'm this very confused. crown kind of slays. It looked really good. Yeah, it's cute. It looks good on him. Mm-hmm. Another banger song. Like Dancing Queen sounded amazing. This episode had so many good songs, but like the scene is hard to watch because he's waiting for Dave to do the right thing and prove that he wasn't the one who started that prank, I think, or he wasn't at all involved in it. And he's like, come out here and dance with me. Make a difference. You know what? This could have what? been, I think Kurt could have been just a victim but of circumstance. This could have been a big prank on Dave Karofsky. <gasps> oh my god i think so that makes more sense i think they use kurt as a pawn but nobody to knew. fuck with Wait, dave but nobody knew but nobody knew That's but the well they may not know mm. but i think they all know about their beef no but, but people I don't know about the kiss remember no i know but i think that th i think that everyone sees that like they just assume he's like this horrible homophobe which he is even if it's internalized and everything like that and he's just using kurt as like a punching bag but i think that they i think i'm this is me editorializing and like hypothesizing whatever my take is this could be a big prank on Karofsky, because I'm assuming that he's not really fun to be around. He's kind of a dickhead. I think most people probably don't like him other than like his couple friends on the football team. And even then, we don't really see him with them that much after like at this point in the show. You know what I mean? And then eventually mm -hmm. he transfers and all that shit. So this could have been just them using Kurt as a ploy and like some homophobia being like, oh, look, Karofsky and Kurt, prom maybe. king and queen. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. So, I think that's another way to look at it and would make more sense as to why we don't get any setup for why it's fucked up to Kurt. Because if it was happening to our main character as like the the main victim, I think there would they would need to do some sort of storytelling to make it make sense and give us some sort of context. But being that it's happening to our antagonist for that character, we almost don't need to know the behind the scenes as just like, you know what I mean? But that's also, I'm reaching. I understand that too. Yeah, we are definitely but reaching. I'm this is starting to sound like a fan fiction. Not that they're having yeah. anything against it, but like this is why- but I'm just like, we're, we're trying, like, yeah, we need a fixer. Fix. We're trying to make sense of this. Yeah. Yeah. We need a fixer fix. Somebody link us. Thanks. Yeah, please. There's, there's something else there. There's one, there's a missing piece 
in any of these interpretations of it, but there's always a missing piece of like, why, 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 why? Because we've only seen Kurt getting bullied by Dave Karofsky. So it wouldn't make sense for Dave Karofsky not to be in on this. So why would the rest of the school out of nowhere? Yeah, they may be indifferent to Kurt, but they're not actively malicious to him other than like the football team. Just, it doesn't make sense. Right. I need to know more. <sighs> All right. I just need to say that this song, I, I got chills so much when Blaine yeah. came and asked to dance. Like I literally got oh. chills. I love Blaine so fucking much. Makes and me then, tear up. Santana is so beautiful. Rachel's being a supportive friend. She's like, yeah, dance. I love my gaze. Go on. She's an ally. She is an ally. And then I really wish we could have seen Britney and Santana dance to the song. And that's heartbreaking me for me. But Naya sounds so wonderful here. I, she I sounds just love so women. Good. I love She women. sounds so good. And her and Mercedes sound just like so amazing together. Amber sounds amazing. So beautiful. Like best yeah. duet couple by far. And period. And then Rachel, Rachel dancing with Sam and Mercedes makes me very happy. Yeah. And all the prom pics are very yeah. cute. I like that little edit. Like I like in. that it's really final fun. montage. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I'm like, oh, yeah, Cute. they're kids. Yeah. This episode flew by. It was really fast paced. Yeah. The second half is like all prom. Yeah. I and loved it. Good... They don't fuck no. around. I noticed something about Glee. They don't fuck around or add too much filler. They just get right yeah. to the point. They're like, you're going to see this. You're going to see that. We're going to hit it on the head. And, and it's a there's done like a deal. Good, good chunk of performances in this one, too. Like, there's, they didn't skip yeah. out by any means. And they're all pretty fun, too. They're all fun ones. Season two season rocks. Two, it's, season we've two. literally only talked about season two. Can I tell you something? It's crazy for me because season three used to, I used to tell people all the time, season three is my favorite season of Glee. And I'm starting to think it might be season two. Mine has always been season two with three as a very close second. Three and one, always a little. I love season three though. Well, three is when Santana comes out. We get all the treble tones. We get um, like uh, Rory's in the show. Sugar Mata's in the show. I don't care about them, (laughs) but I definitely think it had something to do with gayness. Well, that's when Santana actually is like, outed and she has the scene with her grandmother and she slaps finn and like it's like all this shit and sue's running for office and it's like this whole thing and we get a lot of shelby corcoran in that season too oh that's probably why shelby corcoran's storyline is in that one too. yeah and the treble tones and like the competition and we get sebastian and and the warblers wait what the fuck i remember why wait pause i totally remember why now (laughs) this is Is the first this wait can i guess yeah, go ahead. Is it because of constant craving? No, it's because this is the this, this is the season that she and Rachel have their first duet ever. Yes. Was that I kissed a girl? No, a boy like that. Oh my god, yes. How could I fucking forget? One of my favorite musical theater songs yeah. of all time. Yeah. And she talks about how she wants to lose her virginity to Finn, which Santana obviously took Finn's virginity, so it causes that whole drama, which is why they say Also I think season three is Santana at her most vicious. She is. She's so good. I love when she slaps Finn I, in the face. Oh, oh my God. God. I love her. Or when she just fucking berates him at every chance she gets. They are like, comple- it is really. Because like season two, Santana is like a fully fleshed. She started to become a fully fleshed out character. Three, she is fucking going. I hate Finn. I hate Finn. I hate Finn so fucking much. I Flames are burning on the side of Flames. my face. When Flames I think about him. on the side on the, of my face. On the side of my face. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate him so much. It boils my fucking piss. Like, uh, how can... I can't believe he outed her to everybody. Oh, I should have chosen that episode. Uh, well, t- for my least favorite. Too late. We're not... Re- but no, I love that episode. Yeah, I love that episode. No, I love what that is, episode. Is that... What Treble Tones performance does she slap him right after? Is it Rumor Has It? Rumor yeah. Has It, someone like Oh you. my God, that performance is fucking so crazy! Oh my God! 
how did we not talk about that episode? I'm so stupid. I should have chosen that one. That performance goes so fucking crazy. I should have totally chosen that. And then they do, um, tops, but I, I will survive. I'm a survivor. Oh, bangers, bitch. Oh, man. Treble tones have bangers. That episode. Treble tones eat new directions up. I'm a treble tones girl. And the warblers. Period. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, but they well, did. Yeah. Coached by Shelby Corcoran. Please. There's no competition. She is the moment. So next week, we're going to be reviewing your least favorite episode of Glee. And that'll be our last Glee episode. And then we'll be taking a hiatus for August to prepare prepare for our next show should we tell them what it is or keep them waiting yeah i think so i think get a little excited okay we're gonna be talking about Grey's anatomy <laughs> which so many of you have been asking us to do so we had to do it but we have decided that we have a stipulation yes. on how we're going to review Grey's anatomy because it's just such a prolific show there's no way we could one there's just no way we could cut it into five little yeah episodes it just doesn't make or sense even 10 little episodes it doesn't make sense so what we're gonna do with is something like glee where it's only six seasons and it's like over and the sixth season is even pretty short it's easy to pick your favorites and like be really like okay i can like pick and choose there's so much Grey's anatomy and Grey's anatomy is like probably one of the most important shows to the two of us ever yeah like hands down like, like it's the show, fundamental period. to our friendship fundamental to just who we are as uh, media consumers and all that type of stuff made us obsessed with tv yeah it's like a, it was a huge moment for me and i know it was a really huge moment for victoria as well so we're gonna do it in a little bit mm -hmm. of, of a different way and kind of break it up into a couple different parts we're gonna break it up into chunks of seasons so we're so for our first Grey's anatomy segment it's gonna be seasons one through five and we're going to choose our favorites from season one through season five. We'll probably break it up a little yeah. bit. So like the show that we do after seasons one and season five is not going to be Grey's Anatomy yeah. again. It'll be a different show and we'll probably come back to it later exactly. on. But we're super excited. We can't wait to talk about it. We're going to take a little month off and um, do some pre-work and get all of our shows in order. Um, and we're going to be super excited to come back in September. But um Looking forward to jumping into that very soon. Because even in this first five seasons of Grey's Anatomy, that's a lot of fucking episodes. To I don't choose even know from. how I'm gonna. No, season it's... one had nine episodes, Ugh. I think. Right? Correct? Like nine mm -hmm. or ten because it was it was short. Yeah, it was a short season. Yeah, so season one had nine episodes. Two had twenty seven. Three had twenty five. Four had seventeen, and five had twenty four. So like. Jesus. That's almost the oh entirety of how many episodes. Like, that's the whole of Glee, essentially, more or less. Give or take. <laughs> Literally. So, like, just in those... Oh. And that's some of the most iconic seasons of Grey's that there is. So it's going to be really hard for us to pick and choose our favorite episodes. So imagine us having to do seasons... I'm sick to my stomach. Imagine us having to do seasons 1 through 18 in one season of this no, show. They're, There's they're, no way. It wouldn't have There's worked. There's no way. It wouldn't have worked. So we're going to break it up. We're going to try and do this in, a, like, a in a fun like little different way for this just because there's just so much of it and it wouldn't be fair to us and it wouldn't be fair to you for us to have to cut some really amazing episodes that we really want to talk about definitely not so that's how we're gonna do it that's how we're gonna handle it but super pumped yeah um we really hope that this will um excite some of you who've been asking us to do Grey's Anatomy or have been wondering when we were gonna review <laughs> it so that's gonna be our next yeah. show stay tuned so that was prom queen yeah. that was so much fun that was Prom Queen's super fun episode, even though I have my qualms about it. I still really enjoyed yeah. it. 
But yeah, all of our socials are linked in the description of the pod. Please reach out if you have questions or thoughts about our episode or you want to talk about anything that we talked about on the show. We love to hear from y'all and we definitely don't hear from you enough. So yeah, we'd love to please. know what you think All so we far. do is talk about TV already and we need more people to talk about it with. So crawl into our DMs and tell us why we're wrong. Yeah, or follow us on social yeah. media and look at us shitposting. Oh my god, yeah. Um, and tell your friends, especially because <laughs> we're doing Grey's. Grey's is like a juggernaut, and I know so many people who've watched the first season or the first couple or bits and pieces here and there. This is going to be a fun one to get prepped for, and it's going to be nice to end Glee next week and really like put a button on that and then get started on a mess. If you don't tell your friends, you're fucking fake. Yeah, and homophobic. Yeah, and homophobic. And, like, you don't want that going on your personal Yeah, because we'll know. So, like, we'll know. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my God. He's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.